Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest by the name of Alan Gordon, and he has a very unusual view of history in that it's not just a list of endless wars, uh, you know, names, dates, and places. Instead, it really is about wisdom that lies hidden in the stories of the ancient cultures. And as a result of that, Gordon, Mr. Gordon is going to, is founding a very unusual website called Utopia University. Welcome, Mr. Gordon. Well, thank you, Dr. Liker. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's go through this a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your view of history. Yeah, I, it, I've always studied history. I've always been interested in it. And when you think about it, when you take a step back, you realize that what you're studying are the things that you're told to be studying, right? We study Napoleon and George S. Patton and George Washington and the founding fathers. You know, we study the things that, that stand out that historians have written about. But I've always been interested in, in kind of peeking in the gaps of history to try to find the things that historians haven't really emphasized. And so I've always been drawn to the history of enlightenment, the history of religions, the history of enlightenment. Um, and those are some things that just we don't learn about in school. We don't learn about, you know, we learn about facts and dates, like you said, facts and dates and wars and conquests and, you know, all kinds of terrible things that happened in, in the world. But we very rarely behind the scenes, there are millions of people who've had wonderful lives, enlightened lives. And that's the part of history that's always attracted me. And I you know, wanted to see if we can bring that out a little bit. Sure. And, and you know. Recorded history goes a long time. I mean, we had the ancient Greek civilization. We had the ancient Egyptian civilization. We had the ancient Roman civilization. And that's just to name a few, uh, you know. But the history of enlightenment goes a long way. It goes in Eastern cultures. It goes in Western cultures. And and each one of those has has important information for people to follow. Yeah, and in particularly in along with Utopia University, I'm also um, launching a podcast called Project Utopia, the Enlightenment Podcast. And in that podcast, I actually study a civilization, uh, in particular one king of that civilization. He ruled for about forty years, who ruled his kingdom using enlightened principles. He was actually known around the world as the Enlightened King. And in studying this more and more, as I got deeper into it. Uh, I realized that he had actually built his enlightened system of government on the oldest 
uh, I think it's called the oldest living city. It's the oldest city in the world where that has been continuously populated. And that is Varanasi in India. Uh, it's been continually populated uh, for 3,500 years. And if you go back thousands of years, uh, Varanasi and another uh, city nearby called the Yodia, they were actually run and governed by enlightened principles. And they were very, very prosperous for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, happy, healthy, prosperous, really uh, living life in an enlightened way. Yes, and and that that was important to realize. You know, the ancient Indian civilization in India it really is not one country; it's several countries that have been put together, and that makes it an interesting place because enlightenment was one of the things that they wanted to achieve in their culture. Yeah, and it's it's called Vedic wisdom. Uh, and it goes back certainly 3,500 years that we can, that we can track in the city of Varanasi, but even before that. And where this knowledge of our chakras and our energy system and, you know, the atomic nature of our cells, how they possibly would have known that thousands and thousands of years ago. You know, I'm not here to, to fill in that puzzle. I don't know where all that information came from, but it's been pretty carefully preserved for many thousands of years through the Vedic culture in India. And, um, in our culture, we really don't spend a lot, like I say, we study history. We don't really study that part of history. We don't really study enlightenment in the same way that, uh, and in the old days, you could learn enlightenment like a subject in school. You could go to a teacher, stay there for a few years, and they will teach you this difference between the inner world and the outer world, the illusion of the outer world, retiring to your inner world, finding peace and balance and enlightenment. You could actually learn those skills uh, at, like a subject in school. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've always been impressed every place I visit the immense amount of history that we've forgotten. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there's a statement that says, if you don't remember history, you're likely going to repeat the mistakes that were made. And, and I think that's important for people to realize that, that, uh, you should learn from history so you don't repeat those mistakes. I also think that in addition to that, we have to learn from history. If you look at the way society is now, you and I are of a similar generation. Uh, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, we grew up with certain traditions, with certain ways of life. Uh, and society has become very fractionalized with technology. And I, I, I really feel very strongly about this. If we don't preserve some of this history and some of this wisdom, it's not that future people can't. They just don't really seem to be in, in, tied to history. There seems to be, okay, we've got a trillion videos on YouTube, so it's all there. It's all being preserved, but nobody's really explaining this. These are the important things you have to look at. These are the values and the principles that we need to keep. These are the, these are the ways of life that we need to preserve. And I really feel it's on our generation uh, who created all this technology and created all this disruption and this fractionalization that we've created uh, in pursuit of, you know, problems progress that we also have a responsibility to tie ourselves back to some of these traditions, particularly some of these wisdom traditions. Yeah, I, I think North America has particularly become fragmented and, and even more so the culture of the United States has become fragmented almost to the extent that it's it's in a dangerous situation. 
I feel that way. Um, you know, you know, are we going to be here 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now? Yes. But what will life be like when everybody has their own channel, when everybody can choose their own truth, when everybody can choose what they want to know about? Even, uh, you know, my children, um, there are gaps in their understanding just about basic American history. So I know that it's being emphasized less and less and less in school. And so future generations are going to be tied less to history. And as you said, and you were right, if you don't study history, if you don't learn those lessons, we're going to, and you can see, we just repeat these same cycles over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately one of those cycles is wars and, and we see that over and over again, when people don't uh, learn from history, war results. Yeah, you would like to think that we are the leading edge of, of greatness. You know, we're the lead. That's what I used to think when I was growing up that, you know, the, the modern times that we're the leading edge and everything is the best and we've learned all these lessons. Um, but the truth is that we've just pursued this technology without any real values in place. We've pursued all these capabilities without grounding ourselves. And why are we doing this? What's the benefit? It seems like it's all either corporate greed or as you say in war, you know, one country, need, you know, argues about a border, but we really haven't learned the lessons of compassion. We haven't learned the lessons of enlightenment. We haven't learned the lessons of generosity. These inner values, the inner values seem to be lost as we're all just pursuing outer values. There almost seems like, uh, you know, one of the things that seemed to occur throughout history was that one group of people was subjugated to another group of people. Uh, is that your reading of history as well? I would say that 99% of history is that way. Um, however, there are definitely, maybe not 99%, maybe not that bad, but there are civilizations that actually were very peaceful, uh, that were prosperous. Like, for example, most people, it's hard to really grasp because the numbers are so staggering. But uh, the Egyptian civilization lived in peace and prosperity for 4,000 years so whatever you think about Egypt and Egyptian really doesn't matter what you think about it. They, they found a way to live in peace and prosperity for 4,000 years. That's a staggering concept to be able to live like that for so many thousands of years. And we really have kind of, you know, the, we've just lost that. We've lost that ability to cooperate. We've lost that ability to really, to really express inner values and cooperate to something to a higher level. Yeah. I know the ancient Minoan civilization didn't even have an army. That That's mm. the sort of, of peace that they had there. Now they prospered because of trade throughout the, throughout the Mediterranean. So they didn't even feel it was necessary to have a, an army. And I think that's, that's really the story of the enlightened king in the podcast that I tell. He grew from really a, a backwater trading post using enlightened principles. He grew his nation through trade uh, into a very prosperous and abundant place. And I, and I want to go back because you said something um, you talked about. They, they didn't even have an army. I mentioned that city of Varanasi. 3,500 years old. Well, most of the Sanskrit words that exist today were kind of developed in Varanasi thousands and thousands of years ago. And, and the one that stands out is the, the Sanskrit word for war is wants more cows. <laughs> I just, I want more, you know, some, some guy over there seems to need, feel like he needs more cows. So we'll call that war. Uh, and, you know, it's just really interesting because it kind of gives you an insight into the mindset. Of, of abundance.
Yeah, and, and certainly when a person is on an abundant pathway, um, some people want more abundance and more abundance and more abundance, and it becomes a never-ending cycle. And that's really where these enlightened principles come in and principles of generosity and kindness and, and, uh, you know, life purpose, because once you have enough, what do you need more for, right? Once I have enough for me and I can take care of my kids and my wife's family and, you know, some grandkids, what do I need to accumulate more and more for? And it's this need of accumulation, very unenlightened. Uh, and in fact, money in itself is an unenlightened concept because it separates us, the people that have it and the people that don't have it. Uh, and so it's that unenlightened pursuit of money that is, you know, as, as we understand is really the corporate greed and all kinds of things that people get hurt and, and crushed underneath this greed and this, this desire to, to acquire and to have more. And so part of enlightenment, part of self-awareness is to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe it's better to, to be generous. Maybe it's better to, maybe I'll make more. Maybe I'll actually have more for myself, be more abundant if I can be generous to others, if I can share with others, if I can help others. And my whole philosophy is to lift other people up. How can we find ways to lift each other up, not to step on each other to see who can get higher, who can get the most likes and the most shares? How can we lift one another up so that we can create a larger pool of abundance? You know, that, that is largely what I think utopia is about. Is it not? Isn't it about uh, each person helping each other to make a place that's better than what they have now? Well, yes. And specifically, Utopia University is an organization that's built on this concept of lifting one another up. It's built on these enlightened principles. It's a place where people can go from without any walk of life, people who've never gotten a break before, who've never had a hand up, you know, who are struggling. They can go to Utopia University. Anybody can go to Utopia University and be part of a group which is all about lifting you up. Not what can we take from you, but what can we give to you? How can we help you? What are your goals? What's your vision of the future? How can we help you achieve that? That's really why I started Utopia University. And I think that's what kind of makes it unique as an organization. Well, that's huge. And, and I think many people can benefit from, um, from this sort of philosophy rather than take, 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 but turning it 180 degrees and thinking how they can give. My, my goal has always been to, there's a, there's a quote and I forget the exact quote. Um, it says success is not defined by how high you have climbed, but how many people you have brought along with you. And I've always, that's always been a measure of, of success for me, you know, as a, as a salesperson, a sales manager, a VP of sales, how many other people can I help make a living? How can I teach them? How can I help them? And I always took that as a, as a, as a personal obligation and a personal responsibility. But I do believe that the enlightened principle of helping others um, you know, as I say in the, the book, uh, The Cycle of Mind, there is only one rule, always do good for others. And if you follow that one rule, your life will always be blessed. That is profound. That is very, very profound to see how, how a person can be blessed by giving. And I, I, I think that that is rather remarkable. Um, how did you come about the idea of starting a university for people with utopian principles. 
I've, oh, that's an interesting story because I, I've always thought of myself just as a regular person. I didn't realize, never really thought of that I had some higher mission in life. You know, I was a good dad, try to be a good husband, try to be a good dad, try to be a good grandfather. But about um, maybe six or seven years ago, um, I started to really dig a little bit deeper into this idea of personal enlightenment. And the path to personal enlightenment is very, very challenging. Uh, most paths to enlightenment are what I would call separation systems, where you have to separate yourself from society. You have to go live in a cave or live in a monastery or, you know, follow your teacher around and, you know, as we would call it today, couch surfing, you know, and just kind of give everything up in order to become enlightened. But that's just not practical for most people. So what I tried to do was to incorporate all of some of these enlightened principles in my own life. And through those struggles that I had, through the, the ups and downs that I had, try to write things down, keep things organized, and then turn around and see if I could help other people uh, transition. And if we work together as a team, if people work together towards enlightenment, you'll make far more progress than each of us in our own way out there trying to, to, to navigate this, this path to enlightenment or trying to incorporate this into our own lives. It's much easier with a group. Yeah, and I, I, I think groups make a lot of things easier. Like if you have two ideas and I have two ideas and another person has two ideas, I think it brings that to, to a lot higher a number than each of you can achieve yourself. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we're striving to do in Utopia University is to transition it at some point from my vision and me making all the decisions to the group uh, to become a self-governing group so that we can decide where we're going. We can decide how much of the income gets distributed back to the membership. We can decide what's our next project. How can we reach out to certain people that need our help? How can we, the goal of Utopia University really is the, the, the abundant well-being of all of our members, the enlightenment of all of our members, but then also how can we be a source of compassion and kindness in the world? What can we do together that's going to generate light that's actually going to help, help real people who are struggling? Yeah. Well, those are pretty lofty goals and they're, they can be sometimes insurmountable. Could they not, Alan? Well, come join us and we'll figure it out together, Dr. Like that's, that's the way it goes. I don't have all the answers, but you don't either. But together, like you said, together, we, we, we can invent different things. We can, we can come up with different approaches and I don't have all the answers. I'm, you know, how, how could I, right? How could I know everything? But I know together we can take the energy of people and the experience of people and help real people. I know, you know, as a, as a sales trainer, a sales manager myself, when a new person comes in, they need money by Friday. I'm making good money. I'm the salesman. I'm making good money. But this new person, they need money by Friday. You know, how can I help them make money by Friday? How can I help them be successful? How can I launch a successful career? And that's the exact same thing we want to do. We want to take everybody's dreams, everybody's vision, and see what we can do as a group, see what our limit is. And of course, you know, we're all beings of light. So the truth is we're unlimited. If we, especially if we work together, uh, we can, pat, we can break through many, many limitations. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I, I think your invitation not only extends to me, I think it extends to all the listeners on this show, because I think that's where the true power is. 
I think if we had everybody's energy and enthusiasm and vision and everybody shared the same basic intent that, okay, I'm not going to, you know, poof and I'm not going to be in a poof enlightenment state in two weeks, but I am going to take steps to start incorporating these enlightened principles into my own life, like compassion and gratitude and generosity and helping others and trust and, you know, building a life purpose and a life mission. If I can just step by step incorporate those into my life, and if we can get a group of people who are trying to be better parents, better people, you know, better, better husbands and wives, better grandparents. If we can get a group of people who are trying to move up in their lives, not, and I don't mean move up financially, I mean move up in terms of their, their spiritual enlightenment, that group together can create incredible things once we, once, we, once we decide on what our vision is. It's very exciting for me. Yeah, that, that is rather exciting, and I think that's important. Now, here is a very important question. This show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. How do you, Ellen Gordon, live a fantastic life? That's a great question. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a perfect person. Uh, and so I want to be clear there. You know, I'm, I, I work on these things as everybody else does because I'm part of the world and I have my own obligations and responsibilities. And, um, so those, those things, uh, make, make enlightenment difficult. Having said that, I always, every day, focus on the seven enlightened principles. I focused on compassion. What can I do to be kind to people? What, what did I do in the morning? I, I think about compassion. I think about generosity. I think about trust and I think about, you know, helping other people and gen and all these things. I think about them every morning. I try to act on those principles throughout the day. And it gets a little bit easier every day over a period of months and years. Those, those principles become incorporated in your very being. And now you become a generous person. You become a kind and compassionate person. And then at the end of the day, I think back and say, what are all the great things that happened to me today? Let, let's talk about gratitude. What am I grateful for? Uh, what did I do today that was kind and compassionate? Was I generous today? Uh, you know, when I'm at a restaurant and I leave a tip in the old days, I, I calculate the tip really carefully and, you know, leave the exact amount or, you know, maybe 10 cents less. Now, it, it, generosity has just become a part of me. I get the bill. I look at it and I say what I was going to leave. And I, yeah, here's an extra couple of bucks, you know, because these people are they're hardworking, single moms, single dads. They're working. They're trying to make a living. Just be generous. Just Give, just help people, lift people up, become that person, and then others around you will, will use you as an example. And that's another thing, Dr. Liker, and you know this, never underestimate the power that you have to influence other people. Your behavior, whether it's positive or negative, is constantly vibrating out there. It's creating a vibration that your coworkers, your family, your children, your grandchildren, they all see it, and they model after you. And so never underestimate the power when you start to generate these enlightened principles inside yourself. It actually has power to ripple through to other people and affect their lives. Yeah, that, that power is really important. And, and it, it often is the small things that make huge differences. So never underestimate the power of small gestures in making this a better society. And never underestimate the power of small gestures to make you a better person. Not everything has to be some grand five-year plan. Sometimes just holding a door open for somebody is a nice thing. You know, in the, in the old days, and I'm from New York, you know, you go into the door, you close, you kind of peek behind you, you rush in, you, and the door slams behind you. Now I, I stop, I look around. If I see a mom with a stroller and she's struggling with the kids, I'll, I'll stay an extra minute at the door to hold it open. 
because it's just just become the way that I want to be in the world. And so that's really what it's about. Choose who you want to be. Choose what you want to be remembered for rather than simply react to the world in the same habits and patterns that you've always been reacting. Choose a different way to be in the world. Choose kindness and thoughtfulness and generosity and choose health and choose service to others. Just choose these things and they'll start to bake themselves into your very being. And then you become those things. Yeah, I think service is one of the important ones. And uh, I've always said, you know, I'm a Rotarian and the motto of Rotary International is service above self. And, and I, I think that model is very important because I think it gives people a greater role to play in life. I also think, and you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, it makes you better as a person. It improves you as a person. So when you turn yourself to helping other people, I call it just giving people a hand up, you know, just here, I'll help you, you know, here, I'll post about you, whatever, you know, like you're do like in your podcast, who are some folks out there that are doing great things that I can help just by giving them visibility. And it's this very podcast is an example of lifting other people up. My father was a Rotarian and he said the same thing. And I got that from my father that helping other people finding greatness in all cultures finding not great people that look like you or think like you or in the same age group as you, but find people that are wonderful people in all cultures and bring out that, 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 Hey, you know, you're an awesome person. Let me help you. Let me help you, man. I'm excited about what you're doing. Let me, let me, let me tell my members about this. Again, it's exactly what you're doing. It's this idea of creating a platform where you can lift other people up and not everybody has a podcast. Not everybody has a platform, but everybody can find a way to lift somebody up, help somebody else's career, do something nice for them. Just make their lives a little bit easier. Yeah, I think those are important words. Just little things to make everything better and, and people will be better and you will be better for it. I, I think that's an important statement. And I think that's a very important way that people can look at the world and be better as a result of it. So Alan, we're almost at our time that's at an end here can you tell people how they can get in touch with you and find out more about your programs yeah so two ways the best way is to go to our uh utopia university website it's utopiauniversity.org.org and also on twitter uh, project utopia 99 is our twitter handle those are huge alan I, I need to thank you for spending the time with us today and thank you for, for doing what you're doing. I wish you the most success in your project. Thank you. And back at you, you know, the same way that you lift, you're lifting people up as well. It's a great thing that you do, uh, you know, sharing wisdom, lifting other people up, giving people a platform, which not only helps them, it helps you and it helps your listeners. So that the, the model, if we could leave them with anything, I'm sure we agree on this, is find a way today to, to do something nice for somebody else. Find a way to be kind, to be compassionate, to be generous. That's right. Well, thank you, Ellen, again. Thank you, Dr. Leica. To my listeners, uh, I would like you to have a fantastic day. I hope to talk to you soon. If you like this, con this uh, show, please check back off it because we'll have more interesting guests. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Bye.